Book of Two Moons, Part 2, The Lycan Moon, as told by the prophet. In the before four times, the gods hadn't placed all the animals into the world yet, but the very first kingdom of man had been established in the Untumulus, a collection of villages and farms and one small town. The first king of the first kingdom was a man named Lycanaeus. Lycanaeus was a kind king who cared for his people. He helped them build houses and make plows and break the land for crops. The people loved their king. They gave the young king his wife from their ranks, and they were married in the spring. During their first year of the summer, it was dry and hot. The crops were shriveled and small, many of them withered in the heat of the summer. The gods had made insects, and they ate most of what was left of the crops. The fall harvest was paltry, and the winter was hard. The people became thin and gaunt. Spring was anticipated with great hopes. The snows of winter were washed away with the spring rains, which fell from the sky in great sheets. It rained for days. It rained for weeks. It rained all spring. The flooding washed the soil from the fields. It washed away several homes and a good portion of the town. But the rain did end, and the spring planting happened, although it happened very late. Lycanaeus' queen gave birth to their son at midsummer. A traveler happened upon the town that summer. He was a cleric of Pelor. He brought the people together with Lycanaeus, and they built a small temple for Pelor. They began worshipping Pelor, begging him for a better harvest, praying for paltry food for their children, asking for help, and asking for hope. At the midsummer, they sacrificed what little harvest they had left for Palor so that their future would be saved. The traveler said their deeds were good, and Palor would hear them, and then he continued on his way. During their second year, the summer was hot and dry. The gods had made birds and mice and rabbits to eat the insects, but they ate the crops mostly instead. The small crops that did survive made a paltry harvest, like Aeneas devised traps for the birds and the people were able to catch a few ducks and geese and chickens. At midsummer, they sacrificed their harvest and the birds to satisfy Palor, and so that their future could be saved. They had almost no crops and very little bird meat and eggs for the winter, and it was a cold and hard season. Several mothers had gone without food all winter so that their children could eat. Many townsfolk would not live to see the spring. Again, the spring rains came and were relentless washing away hope of an early and bountiful planting. During the third year, there was no crop to plant. The people had to eat their seed. The gods had sent wolves and bobcats to eat the birds and the mice and the rabbits, but they preyed on the weak townsfolk instead. They preyed on the children and the elderly. They preyed on the sick and the weak. The summer was hot and dry. The only food they had was the occasional bird they could catch. Lycanaeus' queen gave up her food so their son could live, and she perished in the early days of the third year. The town gathered at the little temple to Palor for midsummer, and Lycanaeus, gaunt with hunger, maddened by grief, loosed from his mind by all that had happened to him, his people, his queen, he had lost all hope. As the people gathered at the altar in the temple, they brought every last thing they could, the last of the geese, the last of the ducks, 
the very last of the crop seed and all of their hope. During the darkest night of midsummer, Lycanaeus walked up to the altar and placed his young son upon it. He cried out to Pelor, begged him to hear him, to hear the townsfolk, to end this famine and restore hope to the kingdom. He cried out for his dead wife, cold in the ground. He cried out for his son, and he placed the blade of his knife against his son's throat, and he cried out one last time for Pelor to hear their pleas. Then he sacrificed the boy on Pelor's altar. Off on the plain of light, Paylor sat on his throne of gold, pondering the universe and his place in it, when something annoyed him. Like a mosquito in his ear, he couldn't quite identify the annoyance, but it had been there, annoying him, long before he suddenly became aware of it. He glanced about. What was it? It was not there. He peered into the plane of fire. It wasn't there. He peered into the plane of water but it was not there either. Nor was it in the plane of air, nor the plane of earth. But where they all touched each other, the material plane, that's where it was. He peered closer. No, it wasn't the plane. It was a kingdom. No, it wasn't a kingdom. It was a people. No, it wasn't a people. It was their king. The king. The king had sinned in Palor's name? Who would be so bold as to sin in Palor's name, kill his own child, sacrifice an innocent life upon an altar to Palor? Palor left the plane of light and traveled to the material plane, to the Untumulus, to the kingdom of Lycanaeus, to the temple, and appeared before the altar and over the corpse of the boy and his distraught and destroyed father, the king. Who commits murder in my name? Lycanaeus said, I sacrifice what you will surely take regardless. It is not murder. You do not hear us. You take our crops. You do not hear us, and you take our elderly and our sick. You do not hear us, and you take our mothers. You do not hear us, and yet we give you everything. So take everything then. Take my kingdom. Take my people. Take my life. Here, you unhearing, uncompassionate, heartless, Soulless, arrogant god, take my son. Palor, angry at this puny mortal's insolence, said, No. He put the blood back in the child, and put his soul back in his body, and he breathed life back into the boy. I will not take this child, and if this temple is for sin, it shall be destroyed. And Palor caused the temple to fall. You cannot sin without consequence. You cannot sin in my name, he bellowed at King Lycanaeus. He cursed the king and turned him into a wolf. You can be the king of beasts. You can be the king of thieves and murderers. You can be a king of men no more. And so Pelor returned to the plain of light, and as his anger subsided, he thought to himself, If a man will worship Pelor, perhaps Pelor should pay attention. He peered back at the material plane, and he saw the traveler, and he began making a map of all of the temples that were being raised in his name. Paylor decided the darkness of night shall not be complete. No more sacrifices shall ever occur in that deep darkness again. He placed the lichen moon into the sky to reflect his light so the nights would never again be complete in their darkness. 
Now, Palor's light always falls on Earth, thanks to Lycanaeus, king of wolves, the puny, insolent awakener of gods. Umtumulum is a Lost Willow production, written and narrated by Chris Decker. Music, sound design, and sonic engineering genius provided by DJ Hadron the Collider, known to his close friends and family as Jay Thomas.